I, I don't think we are effective by coming off self-righteous and sitting in judgment. Jesus himself was called a friend of sinners. You know, they didn't understand that he was just there demonstrating the nature of God in those relationships. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our guest is Terry Botwick, the producer of the new film out this week titled Captive. We'll get to the conversation in a moment. One of the reasons I love bringing you these interviews each week is because the stories they tell of God's faithfulness as he calls and leads people in accomplishing something of value for the kingdom of God are significant. Someone who partners with us in bringing these stories to you is the Far East Broadcasting Company because they also believe in the power of story to bring a gospel transformation to people's lives. FEBC does that in 100 countries of the world, and First Person does it here at home. For more about FEBC and its local language broadcast, please visit the link at firstpersoninterview.com. Well, a movie being released this weekend is Captive, based on a miraculous true story that drew the attention of the entire nation— a drama about the collision of two broken lives. The producer of Captive is Terry Botwick, who joins us now in first person and begins by telling us his own story. I grew up in New Jersey um, uh, in a conservative Jewish home in New Jersey. Uh, Hollywood, you know, was as far away from me as you know as the other ocean. But um, I always loved television. I always loved movies, and uh, you know, as an angry young teenager, frankly, I you know, came out to Los Angeles because it was as far as I could go before I bumped into the ocean. <laughs> and, um, but I also had, uh, you know, been searching spiritually through those years as well. And in 1975, um, I had a number of supernatural experiences, but that led to an encounter with Jesus in 1975. And so as a, as a Jewish, young Jewish man at that point, um, you know, came to realize that Jesus was not only Israel's Messiah, my Messiah, Son of God, and, um, and you know, that radically changed my life. Um, I, I spent a couple of years in full-time ministry before the Lord leading me into entertainment full-time. And I think it's, it's uh, given me a different perspective, really, on how to integrate our faith into the work that we do, uh, the work that I do, um, because being Jewish, I don't, I'm not sort of steeped in the church culture. Um, I don't come at it from, you know, growing up in that culture. And so, you know, I, I, I'm really honestly looking for what is the authentic experience with God in the places that we all wrestle as human beings, and how do I communicate that through story? I think the two fundamental questions for every person is, in thinking about God, it's, God, who are you? You know, and Abraham wrestling when God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, would you do that with, for, if there are 10 good people there? I mean, who are you? Mm. You know, Job wrestling with the nature of God. So I think question number one is, who are you, God? And um, how can these things be going on in the world, in my life, if you're there? Who are you? And the second thing is, who am I? And Rick Warren's book, you know, Purpose Driven Life, Who Am I? What did you make me to be? What did you make me to do? And so I think, you know, we all wrestle with those questions, and I think they're fundamental to everybody. And I think story is a great vehicle to confront what our core beliefs may be. Mm -hmm. 
And we've seen how story and, and Christian stories, if you want to call it that, have really uh, been accepted. And uh, you know, you you found you found uh, some some acceptance in Hollywood, which is amazing. Well, it's been a long time coming. You know, there's it used to be people who had a, a faith um, had to be very subversive in that. Like, you know, you you literally would fear for your job. Um, you know, it's it's it, because it's not really about proselytizing. You know, I mean, it's we we have to live our lives, work alongside people with an integ with integrity, and uh, you know, kind of the St. Francis thing. It's you know, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And so, and, and like Jesus, and you know, um, Wayne, it's where without again without casting any stones in anybody else's direction, it's where. I think we're missing it sometimes with how we as Christians are working in media and in film and television. So much so we're coming from a place of morality and trying to control, you know, the content, you know, that people are focused on the absence of certain things, you know, in the content in order for it to be acceptable. And I think we're confusing wholesome and biblical and, you know, the Bible's not a wholesome book, but it is a true book and an authentic book, and it actually wrestles, causes us to wrestle through some very challenging things. Um, and there's, um, you know, very dark things in the Bible as well. And yeah. so uh, I, I don't think we are effective by coming off self-righteous and sitting in judgment. You know, Jesus himself was called a friend of sinners. They called him a glutton. They, you know, they didn't understand that he was just there loving people, identifying with those people, and demonstrating the nature of God in those relationships. Which is why a story, and we'll get to Captive in a few minutes, but it's why a story like that, so personal, touches hearts so deeply. It's not about the, the big picture. It's about it's about a person, about people. It is. And, 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 and God is about relationship, you know, and first relationship with Him, and then how we relate to other people. And that's that. That is not. You know, we're not going to legislate with a bunch of rules and regulations how to relate to God or how to relate to one another. Um, our morality, our behavior, in my opinion, is downstream from our beliefs and from how our how our beliefs work themselves out relationally. And uh, and, and so I think you know, story is very effective at causing us to ask deep questions. And um, I don't think we have to defend God. He can take care of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and pastors do a very good job of of dealing with doctrine and answering questions in the pulpit. I think stories should be about the questions. Mm-hmm. Well, Terry, as I've uh, researched your career online, I've noted that there are no shortcuts, are there? You You really have to earn your way, and you've done that. Talk about the the various roles you've had and and the things that you've done to to uh, get to where you are now. Well, I'd love to I'd love to tell the world that I had such great foresight, um, <laughs> but I I'm not sure I did. I I uh, was fortunate to have a number of opportunities, and God lead me into a number of opportunities. And quite honestly, some things on my resume look great on a resume, but they're not necessarily great in terms of where I was in trying to follow God in that moment. But but I have had the opportunity to experience the entertainment industry hands-on in a number of different ways. So, you know, I got started 
early on when uh, the cable industry was very young, probably in 25% of the country. And I went to work for what was then called CBM Cable Network that we turned into the family channel and um, was able to uh, run programming and production there when we started to do original production. And, you know, that gave me an opportunity to do hundreds and hundreds of hours of original content and also, you know, to have to raise money for it around the world because we were a small network. We could only afford so much. And I had to find other co-financiers, co-producers to complement our money to get this content to happen. So, you know, that gave me great exposure, not only in how to create the content and how to produce the content, but how to get it funded what the legal issues were around it. So it became a great education as I was executing that work. And um, when I left there, I went to run the Hearst Corporation's entertainment division and distribution company. So we had a production company that did 12 or 14 television movies a year, plus a TV series and and animation. And uh, we distributed our TV product around the world. So that distribution company also reported to me. And, um, you know, I won't go through every item of my resume, but I, you know, I, uh, had the opportunity to, um, work at CBS for about four years, um, as a senior executive there, which was a wonderful time. And, uh, it was shortly after Les Moonves got to the network and he's done such an incredible job, you know, in building that company. But in those first years, um, there was a lot of rebuilding to do and a lot of educating uh, people. I had worked in the cable industry. I was deeply in tune with the challenges and the, and the competitive challenges of being in a multi-channel universe and the bigger broadcast networks hadn't really felt the pain of that yet. And, uh, you know, there were very old institutionalized things as part of the company that it was fun to, to reinvent and yeah, to help. A lot bring of the changes in the air, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot of changes in bringing the network from fourth to first place. But um, after that, we uh, I, I went to run the company that does the VeggieTales videos for a couple of years. And <laughs> yeah. we did that first movie, the Jonah movie. Yeah, and, I remember it well. Thank you so much for Jonah the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with anything I've done, all the various things I've, I've had the good fortune to do in my career, in most instances, when I tell people I was associated with VeggieTales, that's People people love me for Bob and Larry more than anything else, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't the creator, but I did get to um, to participate and run that company for a couple of years. I remember you're, you're in Chicago. I remember walking through the O'Hare Airport more than once with a Bob and Larry jacket on and being swarmed like I was one of the Beatles. It was fantastic. We'll continue to talk with producer Terry Botwick. We'll hear about his movie Captive coming up on First Person. Last year, the Far East Broadcasting Company received over 2 million responses to its broadcast, reaching people throughout Asia and beyond. And the stories they tell of lives changed by the gospel and the new hope and purpose they have found in Christ is outstanding. When you visit FirstPersonInterview.com, be sure to click on the FEBC banner. Find out about the daily devotional, How Shall They Hear, telling many of these stories. That's the FEBC banner at FirstPersonInterview.com.
My guest today is Hollywood producer Terry Botwick, and Terry's latest effort is a movie called Captive, which just comes out now, as a matter of fact, this weekend, this very weekend. And Terry, I I have yet to see the whole movie, although I was invited to the screening. I wasn't able to attend, uh, unfortunately, but I have seen the trailer and I've read about the movie. I tell you, it, it, it sounds gripping. It really does. Well, thank you. Uh, we've been getting fantastic response. It's, uh, you know, it it begins with having a compelling story that is true. We did everything we could in our work to make the story authentic to Ashley Smith's experience. And it's, you know, it's not an easy story. She was a single mom, a widow, meth addict who had lost custody of her daughter because of her drug addiction. And she was taken hostage for seven hours by Brian Nichols after he had escaped from the county courthouse where he was on trial, killed the judge, killed a court reporter, a detective, and later a, a fourth person mm-hmm. before taking Ashley hostage. So it, it's it's a gritty story. Uh, it is PG-13. It's tasteful, but it is a gritty story, and we told it authentically, in fact. One of the greatest compliments was the first time Ashley got to see the movie, and she really said it was authentic to her experience, and we're very proud of that. Wow. Yeah, we all remember that story. It's been a few years ago now, but who could forget that story that took place there in Atlanta? It was was a drama that the entire nation was engrossed in, and, uh, you know, we were praying for that young woman, and... And uh, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, plays a, a a major role in this movie, doesn't it? It does. You know, Ashley uh, had been uh, recently back to church. She'd been given a copy of the book. She'd been reading it for about a month. And um, she was able to, in that harrowing experience uh, throughout the night, read to Brian Nichols. And I won't give away what happens in the movie, but I will say that God used that dramatically in both of their lives. And uh, I, I have to add real quickly that um, it is well worth everyone's experience to see the movie, not just because I think it's a edge of your seat, wonderfully, you know, um, put together movie. As the producer, it's probably a little self-serving to say that, but 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 the two actors, the lead actors, David Oyelowo, who is also a strong uh, Christian man, mm-hmm. and Kate Mara are two of the finest actors anywhere, and their performances in this movie are outstanding. Yeah. Well, again, watching the trailer, I can tell that. Uh, tell me more about David Oyelowo. Um, he's Nigerian, is that right? He's Nigerian uh, and then brought up in the U.K., so uh, he is, uh, he's, you know, he, he's got this wonderful British accent, which makes him sound about, Forty percent smarter than me, <laughs> and which which he may be. He may be, but, yeah, um, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, David has got a strong personal faith that you know he came to uh, having grown up in a Christian home, but came to his own strong faith when he was sixteen years old, and you know feels a call of God on his life to be doing what he's doing in Hollywood. And of course, people that saw him as Martin Luther King and Selma know what a fine actor he is. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention that. He plays Dr. King in Selma, and I remember him from the Lincoln movie that was so popular back, uh, what, three, four years ago now, as he, he played a, uh, a character there in that movie. I remember his scene with Abraham Lincoln, uh, very powerful, and he, he's quite an actor. He is, and in uh, of course, he was also in The Help and in, and in yes, uh, yes. The Butler, and, you know, he's... he's uh, 
he's a very talented and smart guy. He picks good roles for himself, and he's a standout. He's become a real movie star, and and uh, that that works well in the timing of our film. Tell me more of the backstory making this movie. Um, how, you know, people don't understand how long it takes to develop a movie like this when it comes to all the. First of all, all the uh, the script writing and financing and production and release and distribution. Talk about some of the backstory. Sure, it, it, it's probably um, you know now that the movie is releasing, it's probably about for me about eight years or so of working on this film. And you know, there are others who had acquired the rights you know shortly after the incident in Atlanta. So for them, it's even a little bit longer, but. You know, it's 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 very challenging to get a movie made, even in the studio system. But we made this independently, which means you have to develop the script. You've got to have a director that you can trust. You've got to have actors that get people excited, and you've got to somehow go out there and raise the money. And um, you know, all of that is very challenging. And you know, I, I think the film is very well written. I think it's very well acted. And you know, if you don't have a good script, uh, it's hard to get things Forget done it. because right. it all starts there. Right. Tell me about the director. Well, Jerry Jameson uh, is um, a, a very fine director. He's, you know, he's uh, an older gentleman, and that's comforting because you know it's not his first rodeo. He he made uh, seven or so feature films back in the seventies, but he's also made you know, around 50 television movies and done a lot of episodic television. So in addition to being a talented man, he brought, uh, you know, years of experience and skill. So when you're making a movie, there are times where you just have to make changes. You have to adjust to weather. You have to adjust to schedule, you know, locations, you know, what it takes to get it done on the schedule. And so uh, it was very helpful to have someone that, you know, has done it so many times. He was pragmatic and able to, with me, make the decisions that had to be made quickly. And and I think the film is very well directed. The the it looks beautiful. There's a tremendous use of of close ups. And as people go see the movie, look for the way that mirrors and reflection are used throughout mm. the movie. It's really, really, really brilliant as it adds to the subtext of the movie. All right, that's a good tip. As we see the movie, which is being released right now, called Captive. Uh, Terry, more about the uh, the, the production process. Um, it's, it's a long one. I, people, I don't think, understand that. Um, it is a long process to make a movie. You know, once you've got it funded, you know, you spend, you know, a couple of months pre- prepping, preparing the actual production of the film. And then, you know, in our case, it was a 22-day schedule, which is on the short side. You yeah, know, films it's very take, short, right. Well, yeah, a larger film with much bigger budget can, you know, you can be shooting for a much, much longer time than that. And then, you know, the post-production process is also long. You'll spend, you know, 20 weeks or 24 weeks or so editing the movie and working on, you know, sound elements and music and all those things. So what brings you the most joy from producing a movie like Captive? Well, that's a really interesting question. I would say the thing that brings me the most joy is seeing other people react to the movie, watching other people react to the movie, feeling like we have told the story in a truthful way um, and seeing how people process that. Um, 
Uh, and in this case, there was an added element, which is we're telling the story of, a, of an actual person's life. And so there was a great responsibility to do that well and to do that truthfully as well. So um, I, I'd say those are the things that really make me feel like we've accomplished something. Terry, we occasionally talk about movies on first person. Not a lot, though. Uh, but I know it's very important for a movie that you've poured your heart and soul into like this to be accepted right out of the box, so to speak, right right uh, on this opening weekend. We're there right now. Uh, what what needs to happen for this movie to be a success? Well, I, first of all, what you're doing helps a lot, you know, for people to give us a platform um, to inform people that this is not only uh, an experience that they should have in a movie theater that's well worth spending the time, but it's also uh, an experience that helps them have a dialogue about some important things in life, you know, that we can that we can glean and that we can begin to discuss as a result of Ashley's experience with Brian Nichols. And so, I think it takes on some importance, but. Opening weekend is critical. It is. Um, it's where the momentum is built. It's where decisions will be made about, you know, what to do the next week and the week after that, in in how the movie is supported and how long it will stay in theaters. It is opening weekend is is probably the most important thing in the life of a movie. And so, I really appreciate this opportunity to speak to your audience and to encourage people to come and support the movie, enjoy the movie, tell your friends, get on social media. Um, if you like the trailer, if you like these actors, you know, if you've seen and like the movie, please help us be there opening weekend. I can remember a time, Terry, when we were lamenting the lack of good, solid, if you will, Christian stories in, in you know, moral stories in movie making. And now they're out there. And now that they are, we need to support them, I think. Well, we do. And I would say, you know, for me, you know, we didn't make this for the church. The church, the a Christian person should embrace this story because there's an organic faith element to it. But we made this as a general movie, and and I think as people of faith, it's what we want to do. We want to engage the, the culture with stories that give us an opportunity to have that water cooler or coffee conversation afterwards with people about the things of life. And and that's what story has done throughout the centuries. Even when a story, you know, may have things in it that are tough for you, if the thematically it's important, I would encourage believers, go see it, engage with the culture, have discussion about it. If there's things you disagree with, use it as a platform to have that conversation. But but don't shy away. Engage. Engage with the culture and use it as an opportunity. The film Captive opened in theaters this weekend. It's filled with drama, hence its PG-13 rating and may not be for everyone, but its story is a powerful one. We've been talking with the movie's producer, Terry Botwick. For more about today's topic and guests, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Once again, that's firstpersoninterview.com. Next week, we'll talk with a young man who was arrested in Chicago and spent time in the Cook County Jail, but whose life was turned around by the love of Christ and now returns to the jail as a gospel chaplain. Corey Buchanan will be with us next time. Don't forget that our new first-person smartphone app is now available on both the iPhone and Android platforms, making it easier than ever to listen to this program. And anytime you'd like to leave a comment, use our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. 
Now with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person.